Hey everyone, Pastor Joey here. Just wanted to let you know this is an uh, audio recording of a panel discussion that Pastor Jordan, Pastor Josh, and I had about unity, wisdom, faith, and the Christian response in this time. So give it a listen, and I trust and pray that you'll be blessed by what you hear. Everybody, I am Pastor Josh. This is Pastor Jordan and Pastor Joey from Rock of Grace. We are so excited to be talking to you guys today. Uh, with everything going on with the coronavirus and uh, all of the, the stuff going on in the news and everything shutting down, we felt like this would be a great opportunity to do some teaching on a few different things. Um, but in particular, we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about unity and wisdom, and so we are so excited about that, and so I'm going to give it over to these guys, and they're going to do the majority of the talking, praise the Lord, and uh, you guys will be blessed by their wisdom. So let's start off with this. First of all, what is faith? What does faith look like in today's world? Yeah, I'll start. So I think faith is... Uh course, as we know from the New Testament, how we access God, it's, it's faith in Christ, that uh, he's the son of God who came to save us, um, that he not only died but rose again to new life, has resurrection power, and has created a place in heaven for us. And faith, um, of course, is what uh, caused Abraham to be counted righteous, so put him in right standing with God. So faith is incredibly important. It's the bedrock of everything of our Christianity. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, uh, obviously, when he was in his earthly ministry, he was constantly rewarding people for their faith and rebuking them for their unbelief. Yeah. And uh, Hebrews talks about whoever comes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a, a rewarder of those who seek him. And so it's that belief, that faith, which, which characterizes the people of God. And so I think in this time, uh, having faith looks like trusting in a God that is not shaken when everything else around us is shaken. Right. And uh, I can't say that without getting excited because I'm a preacher and it's what I do. But, but for us, faith means we're not going get, to get tossed about and, and worried and anxious like people around us are because our, our faith is in a God who is not moved. That's so good. That's so good. So with faith, uh, let's talk about wisdom. What does wisdom look like? Because obviously, uh, one of the big things that we've been facing as a church uh, across this whole nation, not just Rock of Grace, although Rock of Grace, of course, is not immune to this, is uh, the question of do we stay open? Do we close our doors on Sunday? Do we do internet service? What does that look like? And so, of course, the faith side of us is like, we need to do this. We need to heal the sick and pray for those that have the coronavirus. Like, I'll just go and give everybody a hug and <laughs> baptize them in the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah. the Bible calls us to wisdom. So what is wisdom? And then how are those two things uh, supposed to be operated in simultaneously? It can be tricky. Um, you know, Proverbs talks about wisdom, obviously, a lot. Um, uh, this morning I was reading uh, Proverbs. I just started Proverbs 1 because I wanted some wisdom. And it doesn't matter that uh, you, you can always get more wisdom. been in ministry 15 years. I still need a lot of wisdom, right? And so I'm literally just reading, looking for wisdom. 
And, of course, it talks about the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of, the wis- beginning of wisdom. The whole Bible's full of wisdom. I love there's a, there's a verse in James that says, hey, you know what? If you want to get wisdom, God gives it to you without, without favoritism. Whoever asks, God generously gives wisdom. And so that's a beautiful thing. Wisdom, we could say, right, is doing the, the right thing at the right time, um, you know. But uh, the thing is, in this time uh, of a crisis, you have to have wisdom and faith. And the thing is, they can operate together. Uh, last week, I told a story of you guys. Uh, told a story to you guys about my daughter um, Eva when when Danielle was pregnant with her. Um, that she had this hole in her kidney, and the doctor turned to us and said, "It's very likely your daughter will be born with Down syndrome." And you know, I don't know if I if if you guys heard the story, but I, of course I won't retell it. But the point is, I was you know, devastated and. And, you know, me and Danielle are, are, are praying and crying at night. And what are we going to do? And I remember about four or five days in, I just gave it to God. And I really said, okay, God, I'm going to give you this. And he miraculously, I cannot explain with logic that God took it away. I did not think about it for a month. Wow. But notice the doctor said, uh, just do another checkup in a month. Well, I came back to the doctor's visit because that's wisdom. I still have faith to believe God healed her, but I didn't look at the doctor and say, well, you're full of fear. No, he's a doctor that's looking at a scan of my doctor. You know, so you can have, um, you can have both. Uh, I think God heals people. My wife is, is a, a nurse. Um, God heals people through uh, her, through all the nurses there, and sometimes miraculously. Many of you have heard a story. I, I saw a woman's ankles go from this wide to this wide. I'll never forget it. So I firmly believe in miracles. There, our, whole, our whole faith in Jesus is built on a miracle that God raised him from the dead. Yeah, yeah, Completely yeah. believe in miracles. But at the same time, God gives us wisdom to wash our hands or uh, to not be around these big groups of people. And that, that kind of comes back to the authority thing. But yeah, what, um, what do you think about the whole wisdom and faith thing? Yeah, I think I think it's important for us to have both, and they really do go hand in hand. Uh, that that I, I'm somebody who absolutely believes in the power of God, and we want to see that. Uh, but all of us, like you mentioned, we've seen God do amazing things through science, through technology, through medicine, through doctors. Uh, and so, in our church, we have many people uh, who are in the medical community. My wife is a doctor. And so it's important for us that, you know, yes, the voice of God sometimes look like, looks like a big prophetic word and a miraculous healing, uh, but sometimes the voice of God looks like listening to your doctor. And a so, prescription. Yeah, right, right. And so, and so balancing those things. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. So I, what I'm getting from this is when we see a tension in something or a perceived tension within two different things in Scripture, we're going to see you know, faith and wisdom, and it seems like they're at odds. Um, really, they're probably working together, and what we need to do is trust the Lord and hear from Him. And uh, I know you mentioned that the, the voice of the Lord sometimes looks like a prescription. Um, sometimes it looks like God speaking to you. Um, I know Pastor Jordan and I were talking earlier, and he mentioned this story about David in 1 Samuel. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, so I love this story. Uh, I think the fall, I had a sermon on this, or I can't remember when, but um, David gets this instruction from the Lord, wait till you hear the sound of wind in the balsam trees, and then when you hear that, then lead your men into battle, and I will give you victory. Well, so David, you know, what a unique word, right? Sound of wind 
in trees. I mean, so kind of this crazy word. But nonetheless, David, the point is, David is the leader in that moment. And uh, he, he gets this instruction from the Lord. Well, what if one of his men said, well, David, you're operating in fear by not going right now because the, the, the uh, word was wait. Well, what if one of his men were like, well, we hear from God too and we're full of faith and, you know, hey guys, David must not be full of faith. And they go ahead. Well, I don't think the Lord would have operated, you know, uh, would have responded fav favorably to that. And, um, you know, it made me, on my drive here uh, from Kinsman, I thought of a funny story if we could add a little levity, but it's, it's a great, it proves a good point. Uh, I was about three years into, into songwriting and trying to figure all of that out. And I went to this conference, and at the last day of the conference, the, uh, the, the schedule was that these about 80 to 100 songwriters were each going to share their song, and we're going to give feedback. And um, now this may not seem like a big deal, but to me it's all the same, honoring the authority that's in place. Well, the late, this one girl, she's about the 10th artist to go, she does her song, and each person was going to sing one song. And we're all going to get feedback. Well, she does her song, and she starts the next song. She's like, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to do a second song. And the MC's like, okay, and sits down. Well, then song ends, and guess what? I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to do another song. And she goes to a third song, and you could hear, like, the crowd's getting restless, right? She ends that song. I feel like the Holy Spirit and the MC grabbed the mic from her and <laughs> said, the Holy, Spirit told, the Holy Spirit would not tell you to ignore the authority in the room. And it was like this awkward, weird thing. But the thing is, it's true, right? And so it didn't matter, like, even when we were, in a, when we were like an evangelist music ministry that went out, and when I was in that season of my life, if I went to uh, a youth group and the, the youth pastor's 22 years old, I never would say, well, I'm older, so, you know, you yeah. need to, no. It didn't matter whether he wanted me to do two songs or 20 songs. I'm going to submit to his authority, and by doing so, I'm submitting to the Lord, and I think that's just a wisdom thing. It's it's not looking uh, haughty against someone else. It's not assuming my way's better. It's saying, here's what I think's right, but it's the authority in the room saying something else. As long as it doesn't cross my conscience, to, it doesn't. If it doesn't take me into a place of sin, if it's just a preference thing, uh, I'm I'm going to honor God by honoring that authority. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So with the, the talk of honoring authority, uh, I don't think we can escape the fact that uh, there are so many people who are saying this is like a government conspiracy. And then, of course, we have the opposite camp of people who are like, the government are the only people who know what they're talking about and like, don't be idiots. And they're like almost extreme in that camp as well. And so how do we as Christians navigate those waters of What's going on right now? Is this a, a biomedical weapon that's armed from China to take out the United States from within? Is this a con conspiracy from the United States government to order martial law? Like, what does our response as Christians look like uh, with I think this? the truth is we don't know, right, where it came from. And we're not going to assume, you know, from sitting in a church in Cortland that we knew exactly where it came from. But our response, um, we can know our response. Our response is to honor authority. It doesn't matter where it came from. Our response is to honor authority, to love one another well. And like when you and I were talking about it earlier, you were saying, you know, the, the um, epitome uh, of a Christian's calling is to love. Yeah. Well, to love might 
be to not come give you a hug right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, is, is to maybe elbow or fist bump and not shake your hand because we're in this very unique uh, crisis right now. And we just can't ignore reality. Um, mention, if you don't mind, can you mention what happened with um, South Korea? Where it really spread quickly. Yeah, one of the things that I saw um, was that in South Korea, one of the reasons that it exploded so rapidly there was because before people realized that they had it, uh, they were attending large gatherings. And in South Korea, there's a lot of megachurches. And so it was actually through a lot of the megachurches that the virus began to explode and spread so quickly. And so for us, our responsibility. Uh, at least for me, and I know for all of you as well, that we don't feel like it's our role to say, you should gather or you should do online. Uh, we're just going to take this one step at a time and trust uh, the leaders that God has put in authority. Now, we know that the government has not put a ban on religious gatherings, uh, but they are giving certain recommendations in terms of uh, gatherings over X number of people. And so how do we walk through that uh, is the question. In, in Romans 13, Paul tells the believers there, he says, um, be, be subject to the governing authority, honor the emperor. And that's important for us to hear, for us to understand, uh, especially in our culture where uh, it's easy to get divided between Republicans and Democrats and the back and forth. Uh, I mean, these are Christians living in Caesar's own city. They're living right under the emperor. And Paul is telling these Christians, uh, submit to this evil dictator because he has been put there in place by the Lord. And so for us as Christians, if, if the earliest Christians can submit to Caesar, you and I can submit to what President Trump is saying, whether you like him or not, uh, trusting the recommendations by the World Health Organization. And so uh, it's important that we walk that line as believers. One of the things I want to touch on this whole uh, authority thing too is, and I'm glad we're doing this video, is, is some of the things that we've seen um, where Christians are getting a little kind of weird and defensive and accusing other uh, Christians. You know, one of the things we said at the beginning of the, of the live cast on Sunday was that we were doing this online for two reasons, honor and love, right? So honor is this first thing we talked about because we want to honor the authorities that are in place, but um, also out of love. Well, love often just looks like being understanding. Like I'm just, like if you tell me something um, that that you, you feel God wants you to do, even if I don't feel called to do it or whatever. I'm going to be understanding. I'm going to hear you out. Well, the same thing, if God has asked your pastor, if, you, if your pastor feels like the best thing to do is to not meet, um, then just pray for your pastor and just believe the best of him. You know, don't accuse him of, being, of lacking uh, faith. I think we learned that lesson in the late 80s, not to look at someone and say your sickness is because you don't have enough faith. That's, that's where we get really into this place of comparison. And, uh, you know, all the, all the parables talked about that. So it's the, same, it's the same idea of looking at someone, you know, and saying, do you have more sin than I do? It's like when Jesus talks about these two guys that walk into the temple, one guy is saying, um, Lord, forgive me. And the other guy is saying, well, I'm glad I'm not like him. Yeah. Well, Jesus is like, which one is in right standing with God? Uh, it's the one who's concerned about being in right standing with God, not the one who's concerned about looking more religious, looking yeah. more spiritual. And so comparison's always a trap. So if you're looking at a pastor or a believer and saying, I have more faith than you, you're living in fear. Well, comparisons, it's, it's always a trap. Like, let's just focus on what do we feel God wants us to do and believe the best of our pastor and our brothers and sisters if they do something differently than us, that's okay.
Yeah, I think it's very important for us that, yes, we believe in godly wisdom. Yes, we believe in faith. But more than anything, we believe in love, uh, that God has called us uh, to not just see miracles and all of that, but to, but to love our neighbor, that, that this is part of the greatest commandment in loving God. And so I've seen a lot of things online. We've all seen it uh, where those who are gathering are saying to those who are doing church online, hey, you need to be gathering. Uh, and then we've also seen vice versa that those who are doing online are calling out those who are gathering. And so it's important for us as believers to extend charity and grace to believers who maybe interpret this issue differently. So in Romans 14, Paul specifically says to the church uh, things about convictions, things about non-essentials. And what he's saying is for those believers who at that time were eating certain foods, he said those who eat those foods, they do it for the glory of God. They're doing it unto the Lord. And then he says, those who are abstaining from these foods, they're doing so for the glory of God. They're doing so for the Lord. And so to take that verse for our modern context here in 2020, it's as if Paul would be looking at the church and he's saying, hey, those who, those who gather online are doing it for the Lord. Those who gather in the church buildings are doing it for the Lord. And so above all else, it's important that we love. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so I, I absolutely agree. I feel like Unity as a theme throughout the Bible cannot be overstated. It is so, so important. We see it throughout the entire Bible. Uh, we see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. And then we, of course, see it really pick up in the beginning of the formation of the early church in the book of Acts. We see five times even just in the first four chapters where uh, Luke says that they were all together in one accord, with one heart, with one mind. And then, of course, Paul goes on with his beautiful analogy of the body of Christ and how we are all one body. And so we can't say to the people who are gathering, you shouldn't do that because they're part of the body and, and vice versa. Um, and so it's so important that we come at this, with this, at this time, with complete unity, that we are loving towards our brothers and our sisters. Um, yeah, so you did mention that we're doing, at Rock of Grace, we're doing online church. Can we take just a moment? What are the pros and cons to online church? Of course, you know, we've had 2,000 years where online wasn't even an option. Uh, that wasn't an option until about 20 years ago. And so... And I'm old enough to be I actually was a teenager when, like, online happened. AOL? <laughs> AOL Messenger? Anyway, you probably grew up with it, right? You don't know life without the Internet, right? right? Uh, no, but it's definitely not a substitute. It, it, I'm glad you asked that question because it's a temporary tool that we are using. I think the same way Jesus used the tools at hand. If he's next to a field, he'd be, like, teaching on faith. He'd be like, it's like this field, right? And so whatever I think is at our hand we should use for the um, teaching of the gospel and uh, whether it's internet, whether it's a guitar, whether it's whatever, uh, use whatever we have in, in the moment that we have it to preach the gospel. So it definitely doesn't take the place of meeting together. I can't wait to hug your, net, your necks and uh, shake your hands. Uh, it just won't be this month, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. It's, uh, the, it's tough because we know that online is a wonderful tool, that it's a wonderful substitute. Uh, but my heart, I know that I was even feeling just yesterday online that 
it's just not quite the same, you know, that it doesn't carry the same weight. And so as believers, we know that the church is not a building, right. that, that as the church, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God is not limited to uh, microphones and a stage and, and buildings and four walls, that, that it's the people who are the temple of the Lord, that, that we are the place where God dwells. And so, you know, as, as much as we believe that, we also believe that God has called us to assemble that something happens when the body comes together. And so uh, I think our hope and prayer for this time is that even as we're doing things online and people are being ministered to, they're being blessed by it, uh, the people also do feel the lack and uh, that, you know, for many believers all around the world for the last 2,000 years and even today, Christians have not always been able to gather for persecution or for various reasons. And so hopefully in this time, uh, that we're not able to gather, it kind of makes us realize how, how blessed we are yeah. in the United States to gather the way we do. Awesome. Do you guys have any closing thoughts uh, as we wrap this up? Anything to add? I would just say, you know, honor, honor people when you can, uh, or always honor people. And um, a lot of times love looks like being understanding. If I could sum up in one sentence, you know, just be understanding, you know. Uh, be understanding of your governor's thoughts and what he's hearing from CDC or WHO, whoever. And let's just let's just be in unity and in love and keep rocking for Jesus. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Jordan. Thank you, Pastor Joey. I know we covered a lot of ground today. We talked about faith. We talked about wisdom. We talked about what to do and in a time of tension and hearing the voice of God. We talked about honoring authority, and we talked about unity. We talked about uh, so much today, and so thank you for your heart. Thank you for your time and your commitment to Rock of Grace. Thank you for all that you're doing to shepherd your flock. Rock of Grace, thank you so much for allowing you. us to, to pastor you, to shepherd you. Uh, we are so grateful that we get to be part of this body, that we get to be part of this church. So thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all that you're doing. We encourage you uh, in the coming weeks and even potentially months, uh, get involved in the online presence that we have. We want to do better even and grow our online presence as we, we go about this time. But we want to encourage you to study the Word of God, to pray, to worship, to love Jesus. We're believing that God is going to do a mighty work in this church, even in this time. We believe that God is going to heal people. God is going to deliver people. God is going to set people free. And that when we are able to come back together, we're going to have testimony after testimony of God's goodness because God is going to turn around even the darkest of times for his good. So thank you guys. Thank you for all that you're doing. We love you and we will hopefully see you very soon. Thanks guys. Thanks Pastor.